One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. This podcast, we are focused on helping you be better at the Amazon marketplace, growing your business, and hopefully hitting some of your goals. I have with me a guest, and I love bringing on people that I know have a specialty, and I know that they know their industry and they've succeeded in it because I do think that some people can move from category to category with ease, but specializing in something, I think, opens up a lot of windows. I have with me Tim Angel, founder of Zugu. They sell accessories for iPads, and it's a really awesome product, and I'm super excited to have Tim on. Hey, Tim, welcome. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. You've grown a pretty large Amazon business, but you've been at it for a while. Let's talk about the journey, a little bit of your background. And I know you had challenges and you had things that just like worked out. So let's just start from the beginning. Back in 2010, I didn't have a job. I didn't have high school diploma. So I had, you know, limited choices. I got a job at UPS and that didn't really work out because it was like $8 an hour, you know? So I was just trying to find what I could do. and the iPad was launching and I remember always struggling with the iPhone, propping it up to watch videos and stuff. So I figured, okay, they're going to have this iPad, this screen that's way bigger than the iPhone. It's going to be a much bigger problem than the iPhone for watching movies. And I'm living on a couch right now, so maybe I should do this. And I love inventing products. So, okay, I'm going to make the best solution. So I just kind of sat in wherever I was and worked on like prototypes out of like hard stock, like paper. And so I would just kind of build different designs. And finally, after about a week or so, I was doing that nonstop. I came up with a good design, and sold all my stuff and bought a one-way ticket to China. And I was there for like three months. Did you have uh, who you wanted to work with in manufacturing before you flew out? No, I feel like the best thing to do is kind of like, don't give yourself an option, you know, like, but to succeed. I couldn't find anybody. So I was just like, screw it. I'm going to make this happen, you know? So I just went there. And my dad worked with manufacturing in China. So I had a little bit of experience after he fired me and I went to him and I'm like, Hey, can you give me some contacts in China? He's like, no, I built those up for 20 years. I'm like, dude, you just fired me. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down there and just kind of figured it out. But I went on Alibaba and then went to a couple different factories and found one that I was comfortable with and kind of built a relationship with that factory. And I feel like that's really important when you build a personal relationship because then you have a lot more pull than the other companies that are just talking to them over the internet. And there's a lot more trust there. That was really important. So we figured that out, got the product made, and it was kind of really slow from there. It was just consistently trying to market the product, trying to get press, going on forums at nighttime and being at the factory during the day. What do you mean forums? Like, are you like marketing your product on like? I was trying to do whatever I could to get the word out. So I was on forums, just talking about my product through the whole process. What really did the best was getting press at the beginning. However, after a couple of years, the press, you know, thing didn't work anymore because nobody wanted to talk about iPad cases or my new product. So that's when we really were struggling, almost went out of business. We had resellers that were selling on Amazon and I was like, screw it. The only way I think is this is going to work is if we sell direct until we got it to five stars. So it looks like you were trying to sell on a lot of different channels. Did you have an e-commerce site? Like were you sold direct? 
Yeah, that's where we had most of our revenue. What was different about that experience than when you started selling on Amazon? Well, it kind of flip-flopped. So at the beginning, it was much easier for us to sell on our website because we were getting a lot of press and getting a lot of traffic. Then, you know, we were doing this unknown thing, going on to Amazon and selling ourselves. And it started out really slow, but I was in the advertising Seller Central, working on advertising every day, ever since I started Amazon. So after years, I got really good at it. But on Amazon, it feels like it's way more like sustainable and consistent. Whereas to the the website with press and other marketing things we were doing is kind of like up and down a lot, roller coaster. Yeah, that sounds true. Because when you get that organic, when you get that traffic on Amazon, it's going to stay there. There's millions, millions of people. Now, there's a few things that stand out. I want to jump into your product. Like one, like you have five star ratings. It's not four and a half. You have five. What do you think got you like that high? I think it's really about like shocking people when they get it to where like, wow, this thing works really well and it's high quality. So we're always trying to improve it. And I think that's the one problem with Amazon is that everybody that goes on there, they're like, okay, we got to make really cheap product, you know? And why would you want to do the same thing everybody else is doing, you know, make a product that's really high quality and just constantly improve it. And if you have a higher price, it's going to give you more a budget to advertise on Amazon so you can beat those less expensive competitors. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to get a new iPhone soon and I don't want a cheap case. Like it's tricky to know that like what I'm going to get, is it worth it? Is this like going to be something that I really like? And based off of your product reviews and your positioning, like, I think you established that pretty well. I think you give that confidence, but you're actually going up against Apple too, because they sell a case, but theirs is expensive. You're coming in under theirs. So that's one advantage, but you're probably way more expensive than the cheap stuff. Yeah. So off of Amazon, we're affordable and on Amazon, we're supposedly like expensive, you know, (laughs) and our bigger case is kind of expensive. But in the top 100 on Amazon, there isn't even an Apple case on there. The only other name brand competitor is Otterbox. I think they have one case in the top 100, one or two. And then in the top 100, there's only three or four cases that are five stars. And all of them are us. We can talk about all these different parts of success. I think into the end of the day, you picked a market and you came at it with a unique angle. And those decisions that you made early on are probably more about your brand than anything else. Right. You know, just like you got a good enough product that got five stars and you're targeting those that just want a good case. You mentioned that like, was it like it was kind of slow to start and then it was like slowly built up or was it like immediate? Very slow. (laughs) Um, I remember thinking like, oh man, if I could just sell like a hundred dollars a day of cases, you know, And then slowly over time, you're like, man, I wish I could just sell like $500 a day of cases, (laughs) you know? But I remember even after the first year or so, and it's like, I'm looking at sales, it's like one case today where I have a day where I, you know, don't sell a case or sell one case and I'm like freaking out, you know? But it was a very slow learning process for me. I think that's because I really didn't know, I didn't find what was the perfect recipe for us. And I think anybody that's doing a one product company like has to do it on Amazon, in my opinion, because it works so well on Amazon. You know, you just do one product that's 
really good product, high ratings, and you can scale it up pretty fast with advertising if it has really good ratings. Whereas off of Amazon, you're going to spend more money to get that sale than the profit that you make off of it. So you're going to be losing money. A lot of brands are advertising off Amazon to where they lose money on the first sale and they have to pick it up for all the other products that the company's selling and they make profit on the back end. But with Amazon, one product company, I think is the best. But you did try and build out a few products at one point. Yeah. You're like, hey, we got this iPad thing. Let's let's go Android. Let's try Fire Tablet or whatever. You know, you went a little bit wider. Was that worth it? The way that we did it, no. I mean, back at that time, we were on our website. And so we launched an iPhone case and we launched a zipper bag and stuff. And I think the problem was, is that our iPad case was really unique, so much different than all the products out there. And with an iPhone case, it's really difficult to be innovative and be really different. It's like all the cases are like a little bit different thickness or a little bit different color, you know, like they're all seem so similar and you can't really make a really cool stand on the iPhone, in my opinion, because it's so small. With the iPad, there's a lot more room for innovation. So you can really be different than your competition. And that's what we're always trying to do. No matter what it is, we're trying to be different than our competition in every aspect of the business. So then you go back to focusing on just one product, iPad. And I think that demographic, the people that buy iPads are probably also kind of buying the product for the long term and they want a good case. But how do you think about like, I just always have felt that the electronics accessories category might be one of the most cutthroat, you know, competitive categories out there. Why? Because Chinese competition factories that just want to like churn out a bunch of like silicone plastic, like covers, like that's what they do. And how do you feel about competition in a category like that? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I feel like one way I can beat them is that I have a lot more margin to advertise. But yeah, if you don't have great ratings, it's very difficult to beat them. It took a while because our case was so complex to make. There were so many manufacturing steps to make it. They would make other cases. They would copy other cases before ours. And they made a couple attempts over the years and they failed. Just now, recently, they have one case that's like a copy of ours. Did you get any patents, any design patents? We attempted to get patents. I attempted at the very beginning, but didn't really work out too well. So the patent wasn't necessary? No, it wasn't essential. And I think honestly, even if you have a patent, you're still can't really protect yourself because the Chinese manufacturers are just going to change it a little bit. And then you're only going to be able to take them off if it's like exactly the same. I mean, yeah, we have since then, once we got more money, we have submitted for more patents. So we're going through the patent process again, but I don't think it's necessary. I think what's necessary is the competition. And I think the competition is good too, because it keeps you on your toes and it makes sure that you aren't getting lazy and you're constantly improving. We got five stars years ago, but you know, you get five stars once you get to 4.8. So we've been trying to get up even higher than that. And our last case that we launched is 4.9 with almost a thousand reviews. I'm not sure if we've really mentioned it yet so far, but like you mentioned that like this case is not just a straight up like protector. It's got a lot of functionality to it that you worked on 
what did that process look like of like you like you'd be like well we want to make this better better but like what is like better like how do you do that right well i didn't really have any experience in engineering and stuff you know so originally i made the prototype out of cardboard i give it to the factory they make a sample back and then i tell them changes to do and then they remake it so we go back and forth a bunch of times and then once we do production over time you know you see customer reviews that are complaining about this or that and then we just slowly try and improve it but we're always working on a different area of it trying to improve it and then that was leather at the beginning then over time we went to plastic and tpu and when we did that switch, they told me, oh, it's impossible to go any thinner than two millimeters on the back of the plastic shell because this, that, or whatever, it's industry standard. I said, well, let's, let's try and make it thinner. They said, no, it's not possible. They always say no, the manufacturers at first, but if you keep pushing them and prove them wrong that it is possible. Then it kind of opens their mind to like, oh, there is no limitations. So when we kept pushing them, and I told them, let's just try it. Let's just try it. They try it. We accomplished getting it thinner, but we have like an 80% rejection rate. So then I'm like, okay, don't give up. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So we got it down the standard, which they said was impossible to go below two millimeters. We got it all the way down to one millimeter, which is what we do now. And the defective rate is really low. So I think that was a big turning point. Once the manufacturers saw that we could do the impossible that now whenever I say, hey, let's improve this or improve that, like they can't say it's impossible. This is like really corny to bring up Elon Musk, but I'm like reading as the, the new biography that came out. Yeah, me too, me too. And like, it just sounds exactly what he did. He was told all the time, well, like this requirement is like this, or like, you know, this is a standard or this is this. And he consistently pushes back on, he's like, who made up this requirement? Well, let's talk to them. Like, no, it's like delete requirements. So it sounds like you did a little bit of that. Yeah, I think he's so right because everybody has these stories in their minds or these limitations. It's just like the guy in the Olympics a long time ago that did, I don't know what it was like a four minute mile or something, but after he did, was the first person in the world to do that ever, the next year, like 30 people did it too. Then I think if you accept people's no's, you're screwed in business. You have to go against and go against the rules. I've got an employee just the other day. I was saying like, oh, they'll never help us out. And then he's like, never tell me the odds. <laughs> he's like, I'm still going to go. That is such a much more powerful mentality. And I love that. So now that you've hit your $500 days, I assume. <laughs> it depends. Right now is a slow time of year, but we do uh, about $60,000 a day. There you go. Are you still bullish on being like a one product company? I mean, like you've made it work or what, what are you spending your time thinking and doing now? I think we spent many years on this one product, uh, improving it. We're still improving it. I think now we're just going to expand to like accessories that complement that product, a few and a couple other cases. So it's still in the realm of iPad. But we've been trying to expand a lot off of Amazon as well. So we don't have all our eggs in one basket, but we're launching a kid's case. We're launching a higher end case and then a, a few other small accessories. But everything that we're going to launch, we've been working on for, you know, a year or longer. And the main important thing that we're doing is that we're making it very unique from what's out there. Right. Anyway. So there's a lot of people that, you know, they look at 
ideas to sell on Amazon and they look at a lot of this like really inexpensive competition. What would you say, like say they're going up against a lot of budget players in a product space? Well, I think the biggest opportunity on Amazon, because Amazon is not just about cheap products. It's about convenience and how people can get a product really fast. So I feel like if you're in the higher, more expensive range, I feel like you have a much better chance. Like our industry, it's most of the cheap iPad cases are like 10 to $25. And we're usually around $60. And then there might be like Apple or Arterbox that are sometimes above us. So yeah, we're kind of in the middle ground, but we're still like the highest on Amazon for the most part. And I think that allows us to really dominate all the advertising on Amazon because we have a lot more margin to spend on advertising. And not only with that, but we have higher ratings. So it does really well. I think that you're not, you know, you're not eager to like jump into any type of accessory business. Is there one that you see as like an opportunity? And I'll just give a few examples. There's like AirPod Pro cases, there's screen protectors, there's shoe. Like there is the Androids out there or the iPhone cases. Is there any type of uh, electronics accessories you're like, I'm not going to do this business, but like, I think I'd like that. I see an opportunity. No, I think the only ones that I see opportunity and I'm kind of working on right now, I'm working on like a charger that's really unique. You always have to have your wire and your block and your battery that you can like charge your iPhone. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to put all those things together and it's going to be pretty awesome. That's a good market. I struggled with a lot of different ways to charge my phones over the years and never been like thrilled. So incorporating that with like a case or some sort of strategy, like I think there's like creativity there. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think if somebody's looking to get into an industry, I would look at, let's say you find the case industry you want to be a part of. So I would go look at what are the best sellers. I would order them and then kind of inspect them yourselves. But I wouldn't just do all the like top selling ones I would go with because usually the top selling ones are the cheapest. So I'd maybe get like a top one there. I'd get like the highest rated one. I'd get one of the the better rated, more expensive ones. And I kind of take all those at home and kind of inspect them all, see what the reviews say that people like and what people don't like. So you put all the pluses of what things people like, and then you try and solve the issues that people don't like. You put all those things together and make your own product. And then, you know, it's unique and it's better suited for those customers because it's addressing all their likes and dislikes. And if you don't feel like you can do that, then if you get a product that's already there in China, you just make a small change to it at first, you know? And then over time, you make more and more small changes to it. Because I think it's really difficult if you just get a product from China that they're already making and selling online everywhere, and then you try and sell it too. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. It does feel like your story and I think the the strategy, it's not like a get rich quick. You know, I don't think that doing test buys, running through the, you know, figuring things out, talking to your manufacturer, none of the that is actually particularly fast. It has to be something that you're passionate about because that's when you're going to do something on your off time and your free time. 
I think you can build a passion around something. 100%, yeah. You said you started in 2010. In 2008, I don't think you thought how much fun. I'm sure you've had a lot of fun in your business. But in 2008, the idea of like selling iPad cases. <laughs> yeah, so it didn't sound exciting to me. I think what my passion was creating a product that actually was convenient and being the best of that product in the industry. That was what I really had a passion for. And that's what really was driving me to yeah. constantly improve. And obviously when you start the business, you do so many different things that you don't like doing, but over time you can hand those off to different other employees yeah. and you focus on which part of it your favorite. Cause there's yeah. still parts in the business that I hate doing, but now most 90% of what I do is, is the stuff I love. Yeah. I love that. Well, Tim, thanks for coming and sharing. I think it's worth checking out Zugu, see what they do, right? I love bringing on solid brands that I know have like really good execution and great job so far. And I hope that some of your next products also, you know, turn into some home runs. If you want to check out Zugu, they have a contact us form. If you want to reach out to Tim on their site, if also you just want a nice iPad case, you know, you just buy one. <laughs> I'm not sure I got a lot of buyers that listen to podcasts. I got a lot of people that like, they're trying to just scheme Amazon. Not scheme, that's not the right word, but just a thing. They're trying <laughs> well, to- You know what? The best thing to do is just don't take no for an answer when you're trying to build your company. You gotta find somewhere you're interested in, a product you're interested in, and just keep going nonstop. Persistence is everything. I love that. I agree. Thanks for coming on, Tim. And that's the pod, everyone. We'll uh, catch you next week. Take care. One, two, three.